Thank you for that wonderful, wonderful song. Let's take our Bibles tonight and turn to... Now this morning, I said, isn't it wonderful when we preach out of the book of Genesis or the pre- book out of the, uh, uh, the Revelation? It's so easy to find. Where did we preach from this morning? Guess where we're preaching from this evening? Revelation, yeah. That's so nice, isn't it? <clears throat> we're not going to the book of Habakkuk, right? Or for some, they might have trouble finding the book of Colossians. We're going to Revelation. Chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Now in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand and read with me three verses of Scripture. Revelation chapter 3. We're going to be talking tonight on the subject, throwing away the valuable. Throwing away the valuable. It's not throwing away the vampire. It's throwing away the valuable. The valuable. So if you have Revelation 3 before you, would you stand to your feet, please? And let us read together in unison verses 20, 21, and 22. All together. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. May God bless his word. Let's pray together. Loving Heavenly Father, once more we ask you please to teach our hearts some important truth tonight. Lord, we pray for those that might have a heavy heart tonight and that they might find some comfort and strength in the scriptures tonight. Lord, we pray for those that might have a a wandering heart and that the Holy Spirit and the Word of God might nurse them back, bring them back to a closer walk with you. Our Father, have thine own way, please, in the service tonight, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. Now, uh, let me ask you an odd sort of question, and I'm sure that everyone would raise their hand. And I'm not trying to trick you, just a very simple, generic question. But I want you to be honest, okay? Can we do that tonight? No one says anything. Yes, all right. How many here have ever eaten a banana? Raise your hand. Now, I'm looking at hands that aren't going up. Is that that honest? That's your honest answer? You've never eaten a banana? If you have, raise your hand. If you've eaten a banana in your life, raise your hand. All right, good. Put your hands down. Now, I'm just curious. How many here have never in their life ever once eaten a banana? Raise your hand. Anyone? You've never, ever eaten a banana. Now, may I assume then... That everyone here has eaten a banana. Uh, typically, the way you eat a banana is first you have to what? You got to peel it, right? And then that produces the uh, the actual banana. By the way, I looked up the word banana. Where did that word come from? Why do they call that thing a banana? There's uh, a lot of um, ideas as to where it came from. 
why we got the word banana. But uh, what I found is that it seems to be of Arabic uh, origin, and the banan or banan is a finger. And so that's what um, wordsmiths, etymologists, figure. Uh, That's probably the most likely place that the word banana came from. It kind of looks a little bit like a crooked finger, doesn't it? A finger with maybe a little bit of arthritis in it. Oh, anyhow, the way you eat a banana is that you first have to peel it. Now, has anyone here ever, and I'm serious, thrown away the banana and eaten the peel? No one here? I'm sort of semi-relieved to hear that, to see that, but uh, I've never either. Never. I, I, maybe in a, a Hollywood movie or something, someone might jokingly, you know, peel the banana, throw the banana away and start eating the peel. But nobody does that. Uh, we'd be throwing away the valuable part, wouldn't we? The most important part we would throw away and start eating the skin, the peel. Uh, if you've ever tasted it, you know it sort of has a bit of a bitter taste to it. At least I found it sort of bitter. You know, and I just sort of tasted it a little bit. Boy, I don't want to eat one of those. I'm not that desperate. I'd rather eat the banana inside the valuable part. We're talking tonight about Christians and churches that throw away the valuable part. Isn't that something? Um, I found an interesting story for you, and it happened back in 2008. Uh, It was actually an interview given by a man named Alex Crawford. Now, Alex Crawford, the name Alex Crawford won't mean much to anyone here, but Alex Crawford gave this interview to his local newspaper. Alex lives in Florida, and he's the senior compliance inspector of the garbage dump. A 700-acre garbage dump. That's a lot of garbage, huh? And so Alex Crawford gave this interview and he told of many, many phone calls that he's received over the years of people who accidentally threw away valuable things. Now, do I have your attention? He said, people lose artificial legs. They lose diamond rings. They lose wads of cash. They use items of sentimental value. They throw stuff in the trash by accident. And then people come in search of their treasures. And they have to pay a hundred dollar fee to get in and start digging and raking through the junk. And he told of one day when the phone rang. A woman had misplaced the company payroll. $57,000 worth of checks. And so she came and paid the $100. And she was there raking and digging through the, the garbage. Alex could see her through his office window. And she soon started dancing on top of this pile of garbage. Because she found what it was that she'd accidentally thrown out. There's a happy ending to that story. The phone rang again. A diamond ring. Another happy ending. They found it. The phone rang again. 
lost keys to a factory door. Eureka, they found them $100 later. The phone rings, gold-plated scissors. Who would ever have a pair of gold-plated scissors? Someone did down in Florida, and they accidentally threw them in the garbage, ended up in the dump. They came and they were found and everyone had high fives all around. The phone rang. It was an older couple. He was 92. She was 89. They accidentally tossed out their presents on Christmas Day. Well, when they called, it was the middle of January. They came. They hunted. They dug. They did all they could. But they left without their presents. They couldn't be found. The phone rang. A young woman is wringing her hands and she's weeping. She says she suffered her second terrible loss in a matter of days. She said yesterday she buried her husband. In the confusion at home after the funeral, the housekeeper accidentally threw out a special videotape. Her husband had made the recording only days before he died. It was a gift for their little boy. One day the boy would look at the tape and have some sense of what his dad was like. It got thrown in the garbage. She was too upset to look through the garbage. But this one was very important. Alex said we had a lot of people out there looking. It was heart-wrenching to be there. Suddenly one of our guys bends down. He comes up with the tape. It was an amazing moment. Everyone, everyone had lumps in their throat. Lots of people who, who work here, you know, they're rough people. Rough around the edges. She went around and hugged each and every one of them. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. Imagine throwing away the valuable. And yet people do it by accident and people do it on purpose as well. In Revelation chapter 3, we have a church. It's known as the church of Laodicea because it was located in a town, Laodicea. So it was the Laodicean church. And this church actually threw away the valuable. You see verse 20, the Lord Jesus is pictured on the outside of the church. It's like they threw him away. And what they did was they kept the money and the prestige instead. And those are just the wrappings. That's, that's the, uh, the peel. Look at verse 17. Jesus is writing this letter to this church. He's dictating it to the apostle John who's writing it for them. And Jesus says, because thou sayest, this is the church at Laodicea saying, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched, number two, miserable, number three, poor, number four, and blind, and number five, and naked. They put Jesus out of the church, imagine that. And yet, it's, it's happened over these 2,000 years. Churches have done this, as I say, sometimes without realizing it, and sometimes on purpose. Imagine that. They threw away Jesus and they just kept the peel. Now we often use verse 20 to help illustrate salvation because it is on an individual basis. Some people say, well, this is 
this is a church context and it's Jesus outside the church and Jesus is supposed to come inside the church, but Jesus put it down to a personal level, to an individual level. Look at verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And we believe this to be the door of your heart. It's like he's knocking on your heart's door. Jesus asking, may I come into your heart and be your savior? If any man, so that's any individual, we're not talking a corporate group of people. We're talking individuals. If any man, woman, or young person hear my voice, that's the still small voice of God, and open the door, we do that by faith. We do that by repenting of our sins, by maybe getting on our knees and telling the Lord Jesus that we're sorry that there's sin in our lives. We're ashamed of that. We realize that sin has destroyed our relationship with him and is sending us to hell we realize that but then we repent we don't we don't want sin anymore we don't want to go that way anymore we want nothing to do with sin and the consequences of sin and then by faith we trust in Jesus Christ to save us ask him to save our soul and so in verse 20 if any man hear my voice and open the door Jesus says I will come into him this is an individual that Jesus is entering into. And this is why we believe that uh, man is lost and on his way to hell. And he needs to be saved. He needs to be saved from going to hell. He needs to be born again into God's family. Resulting in changes in his life. When a man or woman is born again there will be changes. There has to be changes. Jesus likened it unto uh, a physical birth. Back in John chapter 3. At one point the baby's inside the mummy's tummy. And then in a short amount of time. The baby is out of the mummy's tummy. And into the, the real world here. And boy there's some changes. The baby sure knows it. The baby starts to breathe air. Starts to cry. Starts to uh, you know, get frantic. Hey what happened to my nice warm snuggly. And starts to get used to the real world. And there's some real changes when the baby is born. And there's real changes when a man, woman, or young person gets born again, spiritually born again. And so verse 20 here goes on to say, and we'll sup with him and he with me. And the idea there is that wonderful one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus Christ. When you have, uh, you walk and talk with the king is what you do. You walk daily with God in a, in a new and wonderful way as uh, never felt before. And so we often use this verse 20 here to talk about receiving Christ for salvation. But can you imagine this tragedy of throwing away the valuable? Uh, we started talking about bananas. Now bananas are a dime a dozen. They're so cheap. And if you throw one away, you say, oops, and you... You grab another one, maybe. But what if it's not that way? What if we're not talking bananas? What if we're talking something that you can't replace? There's a lot of young people today that have sex before marriage. And that is a huge mistake. That's a mistake you can never go back and erase. That's there, folks. And so many people have, have opened some nasty doors by getting involved with that kind of thing. They throw away the value of their purity, their God-given purity. That's the valuable part, and they've thrown it away. 
And sex before marriage is not right. And it does lead to all sorts of problems, including emotional problems. It leads to uh, problems in future marriages. Uh, a lot of people, they, uh, uh, they get very possessive. Uh, there are spiritual problems there as well. And God knows all this. And in the Bible, he tells us to keep ourselves pure before um, uh, marriage. That's one of the, the sweetest gifts that you can, uh, 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 a wife can give her husband is her purity. And a husband could give his wife is his purity. Now I know that these days that's laughed upon and made a big joke out of. And all of the Hollywood uh, movies, they, uh, they portray men and women that quickly get involved in incestuous relationships. Whether they be single or whether they be married, it's considered very normal, normal. In the schools today, um, a lot of the uh, school-aged children uh, are having um, sexual relations, uh, even as young as uh, 12 and 13 uh, years of age. And uh, these things are, are just wrong. They're just plain wrong. But that's throwing away the valuable, isn't it? Throwing away the valuable for uh, uh, maybe a, a, a little bit of uh, excitement, keeping the excitement, but throwing away what was really valuable. I believe that uh, abortion is that way. I believe that when uh, a woman has an abortion, she's throwing away the valuable. And she's, uh, she's just keeping the peel. Uh, maybe she doesn't want the burden of having a, uh, a child. Or maybe her boyfriend doesn't want the burden of having a child. Or maybe she would rather pursue her career rather than this child. Well, why didn't she take precautions beforehand? Why couldn't she have kept herself pure? Now, I know I'm probably making a, a hundred million women upset with me, you know, around the world, but uh, I, I'm just trying to tell it as it is. Abortion is wrong. Uh, it's the killing of innocent lives. Henry Morgenthaler was a real proponent in this country for abortion. And they used to say, isn't it a shame that Henry Morgenthaler's mother never had an abortion? Something to think about. But abortion is throwing away the valuable. And so many women have guilt and regrets afterwards. Sad though, isn't it? Frank Sinatra's mother ran an abortion, an illegal abortion clinic in the basement of her home. Now this is what I've read. And she... Um, Butchered a lot of innocent babies. Frank Sinatra's mother did this. She died in a miserable plane wreck. And uh, her body was all chopped up and spread all over the, uh, the plane wreck. I wonder if that was part of God's judgment on her. In America, I believe they're performing something like four to five million abortions per year. Canada would be about a tenth of that give or take. Uh, still, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. I believe that um, there's a lot of people going to have to answer to God, but abortion is throwing away the valuable. Let me tell you a story I read about a guy named Rick Norsigian. And Rick was uh, an artist, and he, he loved garage sales. And back in the year 2000, he went to a garage sale down in California, Fresno, California, and he uh, was going through things and he found a box of um, what looked to be some, some old negatives 
on glass or something. And uh, he sort of liked that, took a fancy to it. The owner wanted $70, and he haggled them down to $45. And Rick brought it home, and he stuck it under his pool table. He had a house full of junk. Something like 14 years later, this is typical of some men, something like 14 years later, he pulls the box out and decides he's going to take a look and see what's in there. And as he's looking through this box, uh, he started to recognize some of the, 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 the pictures there. And um, apparently they were, um, they were photographic plates made by one of America's most famous photographers, this guy named Ansel. And uh, so he had it appraised, and it was worth in the neighborhood of $200 million. He paid 45 bucks for it. Someone threw away the valuable, didn't they? And they didn't realize what they were throwing away. They say one man's trash is another man's treasure. Accidentally, I think we throw away valuable things. We're guilty in this country, aren't we? We throw away a lot of stuff, don't we? We throw away food that still has good meat on the bones. We just throw it away. We throw away a lot of valuable things that, that other people might find value and help with. So, we're talking about throwing away the valuable. Now, in a local church, what is it that God sees as valuable? We know the Lord Jesus Christ should be center most in the church. He is the most valuable possession we have, is Jesus. It's his church. He died for the church. He built this church. He's growing his church. Boy, it's an exciting church to be in. We thank the Lord for putting us here. He is probably the most valuable possession we have is the Lord Jesus. But when you have Jesus, what comes with Jesus? What is it, perhaps, that God would see then as being valuable in the local church? Uh, keep your finger there, would you please, in Revelation. I'd like you to turn back to the Gospel of Mark. Go back to Mark. Would you please do that? So right after Matthew, you have Mark. Again, a very easy book to find. Go to Mark and see if you can find chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. I'd like you to read out loud with me one verse. Verse number 15. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. If you have that, keep your seats. Let's read together. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And I want to suggest to you that here is what is very valuable. We can have the peel, the outside, the wrapper, but on the inside we must have the gospel. We must have the gospel. The church is God's vehicle on earth to spread the gospel to the city, to the country, and around the world. 
It's our job, it's our mandate, it's our command, our marching orders given to us by our Lord Jesus. The gospel is a centerpiece in the church. We take out the gospel, we've taken out the valuable. We throw away the preaching of salvation, we throw away the efforts of of getting people saved, and what have we done? We've thrown away the valuable, folks, and we've kept the peel. And a lot of churches, you know, do that. They do that. They don't preach the gospel. Preaching the gospel involves dealing with sin. They don't want to deal with sin because it chases some people away. I'm never going back to that church. They preach against sin. Oh, no, no, come back. We'll never preach against sin again. We promise. We'll just talk about nice things, soft things, lovey-dovey things. We'll make a nice feel-good, get-happy kind of church. Huh? How about that? Oh, then the unsaved love that. They come back in and a lot of backslidden Christians like that too. They can sit there and keep their sin and enjoy all the boogie-woogie of the world. That's what's happening with a lot of churches, folks. You know that to be true. The gospel is a centerpiece. You cannot get saved unless you deal with the sin problem. And so many Christians and churches are throwing away the valuable. Imagine if we did that. If we threw away the gospel. We decided we're not going to be involved in soul winning anymore. We're not going to ask people to come and help hand out flyers. uh, To invite people to uh, something like a vacation Bible school. Children to VBS because uh, they might get saved there you see. Oh a lot of pressure on us today. Don't try and convert people. Leave people be in their own little world. Their own little religion. Just let them be. You stay in yours. You let them stay in theirs. Listen we can't do that. Because we love God. And God wants us to be involved in in giving people the opportunity. To learn how they can be born again into God's family. And to be sons and daughters of God. And so the gospel I suggest to you. Is the valuable part. And yet so many churches, they look upon uh, churches like what what we are trying to do. We're trying to go into our city. That costs us time. It costs us money. It will even cost us reputation. We're trying to go into all the world. You can see all of the missionaries that we support. And we, we make no bones about it. We, we put our yearly theme up here. We, we put our missions giving on the back. We put over here and on this wall over here the missionaries we support. And some churches would say, you're nuts. Look at all the money you're throwing away. You support each one of those missionaries for how much? Oh man, are you ever crazy? Do you realize that if you would just cut out all of that nonsense... And put all that money into a building program. You could have yourself a nice little cube. You could have some nice little piece of pie. If you just stop throwing your money away. You know the unsaved accountants of the world. Look upon Christians that are tithing their income. And call them nuts. They say you're crazy to give away 10% of your hard earned income to, to God. You're better off to take that money and put it in an interest-bearing account. The unsaved accountants of the world have no concept of God and God's promises to look after us if we'll honor Him with our tithes. And there are so many churches. We talked tonight about throwing away the valuable. 
And what I'm saying is throwing away the gospel, throwing away missions, throwing away what we ought to be involved with. And there are some preachers and there are some churches that will say, no, 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 you need to throw away the vampire. I made mention of that at the beginning of the message. Throwing away the vampire. What do you mean? The blood-sucking missionaries, the money-sucking men and women who are sucking all this resources out of your church and using it for who knows what. Those are the vampires. Throw out the vampires. Stop throwing away the money. That's their concept of it. There are some preachers that if they took over this church overnight, they would cut off all the missionaries. Overnight, they would stop all of the soul winning in this church. The soul winning efforts of this church to reach this city is what I'm saying. Listen, soul winning is not a vampire. Missions is not a vampire. Soul winning is valuable. Missions is valuable. That's how people get saved. And one day when we get to heaven, we're going to wish with all our heart we got more involved. We're going to wish we could go back and do our time on earth over. Then we get more involved. Because when we get to heaven, we're going to see the reality of it. And God wants us to see it by faith. He wants us to believe Him, what He says. To go into all the world and preach the gospel. This is the valuable part. And so many churches and Christians throw this away. Soul winning is the heartbeat of God. It's the most valuable thing there is. Payday starts here and now. It doesn't start when we get to heaven. It starts here and now. When we get in line with God's program. Folks, we never ever want to get rid of our soul winning. We never ever want to stop going our door to door. We never want to stop going with our, our bus ministry or our VBS. We never ever want to stop with our missions. We never want to stop because it's the heartbeat of God. It's what God wants. So, well, Pastor, how come then we're not running a church of thousands? Well, probably because uh, we're not interested in running a church of thousands. Uh, at this point, anyhow, it doesn't seem to be God's will. We're just going to be what God wants us to be. Soul winning has never been popular. It's the hardest job, the hardest ministry in any church over the last 2,000 years. And yet, it's the most blessed of God. It's the most rewarded. Folks, I want to encourage you. If you once were involved with outreach, soul winning, missions, faith promise, giving gospel tracts, uh, working with VBS, working with bus ministry, or, or some way in which you're trying to help others get saved. If you were once involved with that, but now you're not, why don't you get back on the bandwagon? Why don't you go to and, and find, find that valuable thing and redeem that thing back? Don't hang on to the peel. You know, grab the, the valuable part. Boy, that's the message tonight, is throwing away the valuable. Our payday starts here when we get involved with missions and with soul winning and VBS and things. But our biggest payday will come when we get to heaven. And you honestly really will meet people in heaven that got there because of your efforts and your prayers and your money that you put into missions and maybe an invitation or a gospel track or maybe someone you invited to church and they came once and you never saw them again but yet they got saved sometime later. And your payday will be a hallelujah happy day. We talk about happy Father's Day. Oh man, happy Soul Winner's Day when we get to heaven. Will there be any stars, any stars in my crown when at 
evening, the, the night cometh down. When we get to heaven, will there be any stars in our crown? Good question, isn't it? Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Have you been tempted to throw away the valuable? You know, there are so many valuable things that God has for us. And one valuable thing is waiting for you tomorrow morning. It's called your prayer closet. You need to make time for your prayer closet. You may be a bit sleepy, but listen, the best part of the day is the early part. We all know it. Let's give that early part to God, and then God will bless the rest of our day that follows. If you claim to be a Christian, and you don't have a daily early morning prayer closet with God, you are cutting yourself off from blessings. You are, are living, but you are not being blessed of God. And I just encourage you with all my heart, get on the bandwagon. Get into God's program. There are so many wonderful, valuable things. Give yourself to God for what He wants you to do. Support faith, promise, missions. Get involved with soul winning. Get involved with Vacation Bible School this year. You never know. It might be our last opportunity. Come to Bible college in the fall. And you will really grow spiritually. Oh, but money, money. I mean, if I just get you know, the money, the money. Forget the money. God can give you that and so much more. What you want to get is what Bible college will give you. Oh boy. Throwing away the valuable. Let's bow our heads for prayer.